Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne, the best friend of Leighton Flowers, and the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Canada at Redeemer Fellowship. I had to get a new best friend. Why'd you, why is that? Well, no, 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 that can't be it. That, oh, yeah. No, it. I had to get a new best friend. No. And I figured, well, who would Why, hold who on, would not. be abuse, as abusive to me as you are? And the closest I could come up with is Leighton Flowers. So my question is this. Why do you feel the need yeah. to find a new best friend? I, I'm actually kind of hurt by that. Oh, please. Please what? Yeah. Um, please hey, what? Hey, 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 man. Hey, Jimmy. What? What'd you do last night? It's none of your business. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> it's kind of everybody's business because I saw some photos on the on the Instagram. All right. So tell, why don't you why don't you share to me? Not only did you go on a double date with Steve, yeah, Steve and his wife, yeah, yeah, and not me. I wasn't invited. Even no, though, no, because uh, you, you know, know it would have been yeah, five's a crowd. Uh huh. So I didn't get invited. Now if and, Jen was in town, then yes, we would have invited you guys. And and then or you invited Jen. And then you went to a burlesque show. What was that? All what right, was that you know all what? About? No, no, no. Let's give context here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Please give me context that will justify you went to a burlesque okay. show. We accidentally walked into oh, a burlesque sure, show. Oh, sure. Yes. Like, I, I accidentally walked into I a strip club. I got text to you saying, "Hey, I accidentally walked." I know. Into I got the tag. Like, hey, I walked into it, and I'm like, "What in the? How do you accidentally walk into something like <laughs> well, that?" Okay. So you know, the McCoys are now in town. Yeah. Michelle and I have been wanting to go out on a double date with them. Finally, it worked last night, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna take a look." I'm going to go take a look, find, you know, this new restaurant. It's only been three months. It's above the Arcada, this historic theater in St. Charles. Right. So we went upstairs, or we took the elevator up. There's like, the, you got to find the password. There's for, a password. There's a, yeah. You, once you're in the elevator, you got to look and try to find the password. It's like an escape room. I don't want to do kind that. Kind of. And then, so you get up on the third floor, you get off, and like, you're just in this really nice, it's really decorated well, uh, and you have to give the password to this kid. And... uh uh, then he opens up the bookcase. There's a secret door behind the bookcase that opens up into yeah, this nice Yeah, you sent that video. That's yeah. pretty cool. So anyways, we got there at like five something, realizing that there's this show with the guy that played Kojak, his daughter. Telly Savalas. Yeah. Uh, well, her name is Ariana Savalas. Yeah. And so- hmm. Ariana. Go ahead. And so- Continue. Uh, so we're sitting there. And, mm-hmm. Well, we had such a great time. We were Just there having, for about having, three, having three something early hours. dinner. Just chilling. Yeah, and then and then it was probably the best double date Michelle and I've ever been on. That's hurtful. Uh, <laughs> so so nice. then all of a sudden, uh, the show begins. Now hang on a second. So you're at this new speakeasy, which that sounds. Oh yeah, that's cool. what it was. Sorry, it was a speak. It was a speakeasy. Yeah, I, I get it. Sp- books and all that stuff. So 1920s, everyone's dressed up. Yeah. So you're except uh, the owner. So you're there, and you're you know speaking. It's kind of cool having cocktails and food and all that stuff. Yeah, great stuff. time, great salmon. And there's a show coming up. Yep. All right. Well, the and show you did, just, and, and you didn't. You, so you knew there was a show, and you wanted to stick around for the show. No, 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 no. I, I had yes. heard there was going to be a show. Well, so you knew, but I had thought, hey, we go at five something. We'll be out way before the right. show because ain't no way we're going to hang out with the McCoys for three but, hours. So but why? What made you want to stay for this particular show? No, we was didn't it, want to stay the name for of the, group? the show. Was it the name of the? We group? didn't want to stay. What was the name for... of the group, Jimmy? It, it was the Menage Tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might have been a giveaway right there, uh, Jimmy. That that's no. kind of a that's what they call a tell. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But we thought we'd be go- long gone. But because we we're having such a great time with the McCoys, you thought let's stay and look no. and see. What no, no, no. Menage- so, anyways, it started at that point. It was a little awkward to get up and go. That something happened to the show. So wait, wait, what, what, what kind of show is this? Like, so it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> no one, no one cares about this. No one cares so, about no, this. No, people are. No, we gotta wrap it up. We'll wrap it up here. So you're there, and uh, all I know is I got a picture sent to me with some dude with his shirt off. Dudes, two guys. Yeah, with like 
suspenders and leather and uh yeah it was super um no don't yeah it was definitely it was yeah yeah so anyways i'm trying to i'm trying to think of what word i could say no, that you can't won't ruffle the least amount of feathers yeah yeah but anyways so, um so then you were so you were enjoying the show well actually we are we were enjoying that i know this sounds really bad we were enjoying that everybody else was actually enjoying or taking it seriously we Everyone around us was getting annoyed. People kept looking at us because we couldn't stop laughing uh, because they were taking the show so serious. Like, oh, this is so great. This is so, and her jokes are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. had a lot of lot of innuendos. Yeah. That's like reading Playboy for the articles. That's what that is. I feel like I feel I feel like you're you're just, no. In all seriousness, I know I know that uh, that Jimmy uh, and and Scott, uh, Steve and everybody that uh, they were taken by surprise and they got out of there before. So yeah, got we crazy. got out of there, went across the river to McNally's. You ran across the ran river, across the river <laughs> to McNally's, where uh, we had a couple more drinks and finished the. We watched the the Cubs game. The end good, of it, they won. Good. I bet the girls love that. Uh, yeah, it was a great time. So mm. all in all, it was about six hours. Mm-hmm. Of a date night, uh, and I mean, obviously, Joe, you realize that uh, no matter what happens, uh, I'm still your best friend. So that, oh. we're good. <laughs> That's I like how you put that. It's <laughs> very, very telling. <laughs> well, I, I just want to be truthful. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? We're sitting on the back porch, yep. man. We're in the shade because it's like 91 degrees right now, and um, we're, but we got cigars. We're chilling. Yep. And it's been busy for you. you're preaching tomorrow. Preaching tomorrow. I'm like, looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm off. Oh, I thought you were about to say I'm not looking forward to it. No, 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 I am looking forward to it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to critique you. Um, <laughs> but we're sitting here, and we decided we're gonna talk about something because we've gotten a lot of requests for it. Yeah, we're gonna talk about self-defense. When is violence justified? Mm. When is ju- when is violence fun? No, 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 I, no, no, fun. Justified. Yeah, I think justified. Just as fun as it could possibly just be. Just as fun. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was really good. Um, yeah, is is violence ever justified? When are we supposed to defend ourselves? In yeah. fact, um, we got an email. Let me read this. All right, read the email. All right. I'm, I'm, Maybe I'm don't almost, say the name. I'm almost, I won't say the name. I'm, I'm almost prepared for this. Here we go. D&D. All right, Gmail. so Barton Smith says what? Is that his name? No, it's not. No, of course not. I would say his name. All right, so here we go. Boom, he's a police officer. All right. Ed hey Stetzer says what? No, he says, hey, guys, my name is blank, and I've been listening to y'all for about a year now. First, let me say what a great encouragement you have been in my walk with Christ and mm. specifically hashing out some of the hard questions I've struggled with Thanks, about man. Reformed theology. God has used you, too, to open my eyes to the immensity of his sovereignty and grace, and I'm thankful for that more than words can say. Well, thank you. That was very uh, kind, man. For listening. My main question is the following. I'm a police officer in Colorado. And I've really been thinking a lot through the biblical side of possibly having to take someone's life in an act of self-defense or defending a third person's life. What does the Bible say about this idea of self-defense, whether lethal or non-lethal? What are some resources I can delve into for more understanding? Thanks in advance. All right, so— And, man, he's not the only one. I know we've received other—from individuals that are— Soldiers? Soldiers, yeah, that they're enlisted and they're they're heading over, and so they asked, hey— can you give some thoughts and and mm-hmm. on and then the just subject? gun nuts? <laughs> we've had like gun yeah, guys. Yeah, I think so. We've just had gun nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like, but yeah. I'm gonna focus on these these men and women that you know mm-hmm. uh, who have the question, who have the question, uh, and especially because it's not just that they're gun nut. It's wait a second. This is a re. This is a, this right. is this is a very real possibility for me that I must wrestle yeah. with. Right. Right. Okay. So let's just start with this since we're talking about violence. Um, and again, we haven't really discussed this, but. Um, have have you ever experienced violence 
that you feel like you could talk about? Um, you know, growing up, kid, adult, whatever. I mean, I used to get in fights. Okay. Outside Haynes okay. Middle School. Outside what? Haynes Middle School. Haynes. Middle middle school fights don't count as violence. Well, you know what? I was rocking. <laughs> I was king of that yard you, you until were the... Marcus Strada showed up and put me in my place. Oh, yeah. Marcus Strada showed you the way, huh? Oh, he showed me the way to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so middle school fights, but mm-hmm. never any scary violence. That, nah, nah. I had a few fights in high school, but they yeah. were not. They were always against against the Dilly J. What? Oh, Jake yeah. Diliberto. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that is. We call him Jake the Snake. Okay. That's Anyways. original. Yeah, it really was. I think that um, I know when when I was really little, I got picked on a lot and I got beat up a lot. But in the sense that little kids got beat up back then, whereas you know you might get punched or pushed down or whatever, they take your bike and smash it with sledgehammers, so it's never fixable. Um, Wait, no, I've yeah, never had that happen. Yeah, well, I've had that happen. <laughs> um, and uh, I got my first black eye by Dan Dixon in fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, it was he? He was an athlete, so I I felt like. Uh, that was okay then. You know, I, I, it wasn't yeah. like some little kid beating me up. It yeah, you're like, like, oh, okay, well, Dixon. you know what? I'm, I'm going to lose this fight nine times out of ten. It wasn't even a fight. We were just play wrestling, but I, I must have done something wrong, and he just it popped me a good one. Um, <laughs> I got it. So it was a friend. Yeah. That got- <laughs> Not really a friend either, but, uh, you know. So anyways, uh, I would say this, though, about my experience of, of violence and self-defense. I got picked, up, picked on a lot, probably because I had a smart mouth half of the time, and half time just because kids can be bullies. And I got oh yeah, I'm up. sure. I'm sure there was. I'm sure people didn't have any, you know, reasonable cause to well, come I, at you. I Joe. tell you what, uh, starting in third grade, they didn't. When I moved here and I was the new kid, I was just the target. I'm just saying, I, just I can understand kid. like Eli. Like if Eli was getting beat up, I'm like oh, I don't know why that makes no sense. But you, I'm like oh, well, I could see it. Maybe I am the way that I am because of all that, you know, nonsense. I oh, so, so society made you that yeah, way. Yeah, it it's right, man. Don't blame me for who I am. <laughs> <laughs> my neighborhood made me. Yeah, thanks, society. Um, and so what happened in my case was uh, I got tired of that. And in high school, I well, as, as I grew up, my dad taught me how to throw punches and do yeah. a little bit of boxing. Um, and then in high school, I learned how to fight. And that, all that stuff ended. I didn't get picked on anymore. And I only got in fights if I wanted to. Um, and I kind of liked violence until I became a Christian. And, um, and I think as, you know, any any healthy person who's following Jesus, uh, I, I think we none of us want to be violent. We 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 want to be as nonviolent as possible. We and, might want to be, but we still enjoy violence to a degree. Well, it depends on what you mean by violence. I mean, if you mean a violence, sporting a sport, event, yeah. movies, and TV that's shows, whole, that's a whole another. That's a whole another can of worms. We can get, actually get into that in the episode, other episode we might record today if we have time. All right. So, uh, but in terms of real violence, where, okay. you know, you, actual some, real yeah, violence, some, somebody's getting attacked, uh, something like that. We're, we're not about that. Um, so let's just talk a big picture here before we get into what the Bible has to yeah. say. When you're thinking about anyway, I share. I wanted us to talk about backgrounds because I wanted everybody to know that um, one Joe of got us, beat up a lot. One of us was picked on and, and beat up a lot. One of us wasn't. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just, we've had different experiences and. And we uh, we recognize that our our view of violence has changed over the years, especially as we follow Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Good job. So, um, when do we think about self defense in general? Mm-hmm. Are you would you say you're a pacifist? You're against any form of violence, or do you think that self defense has a place in the life of a follower of Jesus? I, I mean, I believe that self defense has a place. Uh, 
uh, in the life of a follower. I, mean, I think we all have the right to live and we all have the right to defend ourselves from attack. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. when 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 we are being uh, when violence is coming our way, I do think. Uh, yeah, I do think we should be able to defend ourselves. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here as, you know, and let Joe, you know, like you guys hear it all the time on the podcast. Joe verbally attacks me. Yeah. And so I need to defend myself against his verbal with attacks. your with your verbal jujitsu. Exactly. It doesn't get physical, though. No, 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 no. Because we're not a bunch of, like, leftist snowflakes who feel that words are actual violence. Yeah. (laughs) Because words are not actual violence. That's right. That's right. Uh, But words mean things, Joe. Yes, they do. They do. Got it? Get it? Got it. Good. Good. Yeah, good. Um, But I I do think we have a right to defend ourselves. Yeah, man, I think that's good. I think that, um, you know, that's that's an idea that a lot of people argue, um, from this position, they argue that this is... A, a philosophical idea or a, a, something that comes out of natural yeah, theology yeah. that we do have the, the right to protect this life that God has given us, um, that we're to steward it in such a way that um, it isn't taken uh, by the unrighteous. So I, I, I think that's I think that's very fair. So then what about like what about I could hear some pastors saying, well, Jesus's words turn the other cheek. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we'll get into a couple of passages of Scripture that help us to think through this. But I. You know, that passage in particular, pretty much every scholar that I've read uh, on that passage says that in that context, Jesus is saying when you are insulted, that uh, you do not return mm-hmm. uh, the insult. Uh, and so, in other words, you know, you, you learn to suffer well. Um, Jesus is not speaking about life and death in that situation. Yeah. Um, he may be speaking about a, a situation where, as a follower, you're being persecuted uh, and you do not return evil with evil. The whole idea of, you know, being struck on the right cheek, uh, in general, that means that you're not catching a right straight or a right hook from your opponent, which would hit you on the left cheek. Uh, to get struck on the right cheek from your opponent, it would have to be either a backhand from the right hand of that opponent, or it'd have to, they'd have to be a southpaw and be striking with their left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so more than likely, scholars say Jesus is dealing with insults there and, uh, and not real violence. So I, I don't... I'm not, um, in, in fact, I would say that people that would say we should never use violence not only argues against what you're saying, Jimmy, but I think it also goes against the principle that we see in Scripture that, that we not only have the right to defend ourselves, but we have the responsibility to defend others. No, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. You know, I think the, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder, we always look at, at the commands of God as being negative and positive, right? Do not murder, that's the negative, so what is the positive, right? That, so we do no harm. In one sense, but we also we seek to protect life, to see life flourish. Don't let harm come to others. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's another part of it. When I think of self-defense, I'm thinking we have the right to defend ourselves, and I think we have the responsibility. One of the things that I want my kids to know and, and to believe and to live by is um, I want them to be willing and able to defend themselves and other people. Yeah. So willing— Right, they're willing to step in, but they're also able. <laughs> so, they're, so if you're willing and unable, you're not going to do any good. Mm. And if you're able but unwilling, you're not going to do any good. Yeah. So that's something that I think matters in this conversation. That um, that we're not just about ourselves. Uh, that we are about ourselves and defending ourselves, but we're also looking when the need arises to protect others from harm. So then I think also then realizing that sometimes force is required to stop violence. Right. So like when we're talking about defending ourselves and defending others. That then also means right. we have to exert some sort of force. Right, right. And you know, I know, like some some of these some of the, there's new some new strategies now 
for to help women who are being attacked, uh, you know, potential rape. They say, well, what you can do is uh, to to defend yourself, you can pee your pants, or make yourself vomit, or start picking your nose. Uh, they're actually suggesting this to girls on college campuses. When you, if, if you think if you're about to get raped, this guy's gonna attack you. Do these things, and he'll get grossed out and go away. But the reality is, first of all, that's dumb. Um, but the reality is that dangerous people, violent people, sometimes have to be met with violence yeah. in order to get them to stop. It's you, you can you can blow a rape whistle, and uh, sometimes people will come to your aid. Other times, people will just turn the other way. They're, they don't, they don't really care. Um, yeah, vi- they don't get they don't want to get involved for some reason or another. I I, right. I can't understand. I yeah, I can't understand why. I, yeah, I just I I, I well, don't want to I don't want to assume motives behind that. Well, there's there's this there's a there's something gross that's happened, and I don't know if it was this way with you, Jimmy, because I'm a little older than you, a uh, lot older. Okay, than Okay, I'm a lot older than you. But when I was in high school, if two girls started scrapping for real, the guys pulled them apart. They were this, they wouldn't let them go. And, okay, so Jimmy says no, not uh, not in his context. But but uh, all I know is, man, uh, YouTube generation. All the dudes stand around and cheer the girls and, on. Yeah, Agamon, like, yeah. What is this gross? So there's this. There is a an aspect of violence in in our culture that has been received very warmly, and uh, so some people seem to to like it as as something to watch, but not for en- some- for yeah for entertainment. Yeah. So you've got that end of it, but when it's serious and somebody's in trouble, nobody really wants to step in and, and to stop it. At least it feels that way. Um, so yeah, that that stuff troubles me. The idea that like, okay, so you see somebody getting um, beaten to death, or you see somebody uh, getting uh, raped, and what's what's your course of action? Are you going to step in and help or not? And if you're going to step in and help, uh, that very well might doesn't always it might require force, and yeah. I think that's justified. And I think so, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why people like you mentioned before, uh, some people must be willing and able right. to do these things. And so I think they're just they're unwilling to at that point. And I and in my head it's like, well then going back to the second point you made, well then where's your heart to protect others? Yeah. To defend the defenseless in right. the situation, right? Just turning around and walking away just doesn't and, and and you know what, and I think it's even going along these lines, what about I think the nonviolent confrontations that can become violent? Yeah. Do you know, like I'm thinking of situations like I'm uh of uh, if you see, you know, a couple fighting, right? And a guy, I'm, I'm just saying the male is just yelling and screaming and right. belligerent to step in, right? Uh, or I see a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking of those YouTube videos or those social experiments. All right, what would you do? What would you do about the social experiment being like it's a restaurant full of people right? Uh, and there's there's these these actors that go in and you know, if it's if it was a pretty white girl, all of a sudden people step in and help. Yeah. But if it's a minority, yeah, then people let it go. People just let it go. Yeah, yeah, that's just, that. Man, that's frustrating. And uh, yeah, I want to. I, I I feel like I, I just I want to see every once in a while you see somebody step up, but uh, not enough. There's a great video I've seen where they do an experiment like that, where these kids are bullying. Another kid, yeah, and just saying mean things to him, like just really tearing apart. You're stupid. You're smelly. And the adults are like, "Hey, you knock it off." <laughs> like they're like telling <laughs> these kids to knock it off. I like that, but not not enough of that. And I think, listen, I don't think, uh, listen, violence, violence isn't um, a good thing. Yeah, 
Okay, sometimes it's a necessary thing. It's always a scary thing, and it's okay to be scared. But I think the idea that we would let someone really get into harm's way and just walk away from that, um, we get something we'd have to live with and, and repent of. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a place for that for the Christian. I think the Christian knows deliverance, knows protection from the Lord, mm-hmm. and uh, understands the will of God enough that we really ought to be involved in, in stopping that. I agree, and I think we both, uh, as we as we move forward with what does the Bible say about justified violence, I think, uh, Joe, I think you and I would agree that violence is kind of a, <clears throat> a last resort. Yeah. Right? It's not something that we just go head first into. Right. Like, it's, it's not the first act. You know, you try other means first, but sometimes it escalates so quickly, mm-hmm. and the situation deems it necessary right. to respond forcefully, quickly, and efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I don't remember where I heard it first, but I heard it a while ago, uh, Dangerous on Demand. And it's, um, but it's the idea that we live peaceful lives. We, it, it, like the scripture says, live at peace with all men yeah. as much as is possible. Do that. It's not always possible, but as mm-hmm. much as is possible, live at peace with all men. But sometimes uh, it, it is required. And I like, I like what you're saying, and I totally agree. It's a last resort. Yeah. Um, it's never the first option. Um, if, that, if that's your first option, you, you, I mean, there's, there are some other sin issues going on in the heart, right? Whether that's rage and anger and pride or whatever, there's, there's something else going on there that, that needs to be addressed, some deeper issues. Absolutely. That, um, that should really give you concern. Now, you mentioned, you know, what does the Scripture say about it? Now, it's, it's, the easy thing to say is, okay, well, we can all look in the Bible and see that God commands violence at times, yeah. right? Old Testament, conquering Canaan, uh, Israel acting as a vehicle of judgment for God against the Canaanites, whatever. But there are a couple of passages that people um, usually look at to help them think through self-defense and justified violence. Do you want to take the Old Testament one or the New Testament one, Jimmy? Well, I'll look at the Old Testament since we're, we're there. Uh, Exodus 22, uh, verses 2 and 3. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt, blood guilt for him. He, surely, he shall surely pay. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. So like the idea here is like it, it's in the middle of the night. You're confused. You know, you're disoriented. Like you don't know what's happening. Uh, you know, you, and, and someone, I, I think that, I think the the assumption here is someone is intending to do you harm. Like, they, you know, they're coming in. Yeah, they, they, they just broke into your house. They broke into your house while you're sleeping. Right. Um, so it's kind of like this. there's this justified violence here. Yeah. And it, this is in the context of, you know, laws being given to Israel uh, about retributive justice and yeah. making amends and all of that. And so we've got these two scenarios here, right? Uh, thief breaks in at night. You can't really assess him or, or everything. Um, if it doesn't say you're commanded to strike him dead, no. But if you defend yourself and he dies, you're okay. You're in the clear. Um, but if um, but if the sun has risen on him and and if he does come to justice, then then he is going to pay for breaking in. He's gonna he's gonna make amends. So. I, I think it's pretty fair to say that God, at the very least, the principle here allows for self-defense um, to protect yourself um, and you, and and violence to the I mean to the end even if this guy yeah. dies. I think that I think that's pretty clear. Um, the other passage is Luke twenty-two verses thirty-five and thirty-six. 
uh, when Jesus says, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? And the disciples say, nothing. And he said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. Mm. So Jesus says, get armed. Now, some people... He said, go get that Glock. That's what he said, Glock 19. Go Glock 17. A little big. It's a little big. Little the, the 19. 19 yeah. The, the 17's too big for you? Your well, yeah. small little hands? I got, I got big baby hands. Too much recoil? Um, no, that's not the problem. Um, I'm all man, baby. My wife could shoot that. But anyway, um, so Jesus says, all right, back when we were doing our thing here, um, before the crucifixion, before the resurrection... Uh, you were to take nothing, but now make sure you have your money bag, your knapsack, and take a sword. Mm-hmm. Why is he saying this? What? What? I mean, Jesus says, listen, the, the mission of the church now is going to explode across the world, and you're going to need resources. You're going to, I mean, this is going to be your life. And so as you go, right, you're going to need money, you're going to need supplies, and you're going to need to defend yourself. Yeah. It's the only way to interpret that. You can't, inter- I know you can, I mean, people do it. I don't see how someone can interpret sword to be a metaphor of the but word. Then, but then the other things yeah, are not. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, take your money bag and your knapsack and take your sword. But I don't mean the sword. Yeah, he, he means Bible. Uh, I just, that, to me, that is just bad. That's a bad way of looking at this passage. I don't think it's fair. So the question is, is why would Jesus tell missionaries to take a sword after everything that he said mm-hmm. about, you know, persecution and turning the other cheek and blessing And how he lived. And, yep. So why would he tell them to take a sword? I think uh, it's fair to say that this was a basic um, principle that all men generally live by, and women, that we have the right to defend ourselves from violence, from the robbers, uh, from the people that would fall upon us as we're traveling. That's what I was thinking, yeah. The, yep. Yeah, so I mean, it, Jesus isn't saying, hey, if you go and you preach the gospel and somebody throws a rock at your head, you know, go ahead and pull out your sword and chop chop their head off. No, I don't think that. I don't think that's what he said. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's saying, but you can, and it's a good idea for you to arm yourself, to protect yourself, and I think the implication here is that you should be willing and able to protect yourself and others as you are traveling. I don't think that that's a stretch. I think that's a pretty fair... Uh, simple assessment of the passage, don't you? No, absolutely. But you know, we joked about the Glock and everything, and you know, Jesus talks about a sword, and but what about guns? You know what I mean? Like yeah. well, even that discussion today about the the second uh, Second Amendment and stuff, right? Like when the the fathers couldn't have envisioned the type of weapons we have right. now, right? Like, yeah. um, which is actually the you know, believe it or not, at the time that the Second Second Amendment was written, there were a bunch of guns that were being developed. Uh, that that people were familiar with that shot multiple rounds. Um, they just weren't super common yet. Um, Joe the historian. Yeah, right. So, uh, okay, so let, let's just talk about guns for a, a second. Um, most people are okay with some gun use, right? Yeah, I th- yeah I mean, a lot of people enjoy uh, hunting or right. even like just like sports, like, right. you know, what is it, uh, marksmanship, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, most people don't have a Skeet problem with shooting. that. Skeet shooting. Right? Skeet yeah. shooting, whatever. But when it comes to self-defense, uh, some people get really nervous. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of bad information out there uh, and misinformation because it's become such a politicized issue yeah. that um, people are constantly uh, playing games with stats and numbers, and it happens on both sides. Um, so what what I would say is, um, and what I'm going to say is, 
particularly relevant to the American context. All right. Um, We're Americans. Yep. Yep. We live here. And when our country uh, began, uh, the Constitution and specifically the Bill of Rights and then more specifically the Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights uh, guarantees and affirms the right of of the people to bear arms. And I'm not going to break, it's not an episode on the Second Amendment, so I'm not going to break it all down for you guys and get into militia and all of that stuff. But let's just say that uh, the normal reading in that context, right, in the 18th century, people reading that uh, would understand it to mean that the people uh, can and should bear arms, have the right to carry a gun on their person and in their home. And this was for the purpose of defense from both foreign enemies, domestic enemies. Yeah. And it really, uh, honestly, it was to ensure that they couldn't be um, oppressed by a tyrannical government. Because one of the things that tyrannical governments always do is is they take away the firearms of the people. They take away their, their weapons, and now they're defenseless, and then... They yeah, then they can have their way. Yeah. So that that's that's so I'm coming from it from this perspective um, as an American who uh, does have guns, who enjoys guns, and uh, takes it very seriously. My wife and I have taken classes, put in hours of study. Um, we we enjoy going to the range. Uh, we take it very seriously. And um, you know, when you're looking at 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 gun. Uh, owners and people that have concealed carry license, uh, statistically, we see that they are the most law-abiding citizens in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very nonviolent people. They, are, In fact, they're trained to de-escalate and to get out of those problems without drawing their weapon because the last thing they want to do, believe it or not, the last thing gun owners and concealed carry uh, uh, concealed carry operators uh, want to do is pull that gun. They don't want to do that. Uh, but they, they carry a gun because they have the right... And our Constitution guarantees that right. And because they recognize that they would rather not need it, which is most likely, Mm -hmm. but have it than to need it and not have it. Look, I doubt that we're going to need the guns that we have, uh, you know, where we live and everything. But I also know that crazy stuff happens in neighborhoods just like this. Uh, watch any show on 911 calls and people breaking in and killing people. Happens in the neighborhoods just like that I'm living in or that you live in, Jimmy. So it, it does happen, but... Um, when it comes to guns, I think guns are fine uh, if you are responsible, if you know how to use them. And I, I think that, like you said earlier, Jimmy, that needs to be a last resort. Yeah. You, you, you don't play. It's not about being a tough guy. It's um, So, yeah, I, I, people have asked because they'll see us. I'll have a sign in my office that says uh, Smith & Wesson or something. So people will ask me about it sometimes online. Uh, I'm, I'm pro-gun. You're not a gun guy. No, I'm not. But you're trained. I mean, you you went to a high school with a a military school. Yeah, yeah, where they they trained us in in rifles. What what, what was your rifle, Jimmy? Come on, man. What's up? I just don't remember what it was. What was it? U.S. Army 30 caliber M1 Niner 03A3 Springfield rifle. Bolt action, fetch a shoulder weapon, has a rear type ramp size assembled with a rigid receiver, has military type stock, which may or may not have a pistol grip. Ammunition may be received in five round clips for ease of loading. Clips are inserted in its slot in the receiver. But you you should go with pistol grip, though. Mm, pistol grip. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's got that thing down. <laughs> we had to memorize it. Every day they'd ask it. us. Every day there was. I have all this information from high school. 
It's like taking up space, day. man. You got to defrag that brain. You got to <laughs> clear that stuff out of there and make room for other stuff. <laughs> they just get you. They get you on that. So then, Joe, you know, uh, we're talking about violence. We're talking about self-defense and, and justified, uh, which is a great show, by the way. When is self-defense well, not- super violent show. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> when is self-defense not self-defense then? Like, where, where do we draw yeah, the line? I know what you're asking. Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I would say it's it's not self-defense if you're acting out of a sense of vengeance or revenge. Okay. You know, if, if you're like, if you're like the Punisher, you know what I mean? Like, that's mm. a new show that's going to come out on uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a comic book character. Um, and so he's just killing all the bad guys and he's... And, specifically we're told as Christians not to take vengeance right That's and right. so we are not the the state the state bears the responsibility and has the right to carry out capital punishment uh, if it's done righteously correct and um, and just just for the record guys uh, so I am for capital punishment in certain situations right I would say rape uh, you know uh, murder uh, that kind of thing I would I would have a few things I think it's for but I don't think America knows how to do capital punishment uh, well or rightly, so I tend to not want capital punishment here in America because we don't know what we're doing. Anyway, um, revenge as a motive makes it wrong. So I, I, I would say that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I would think, secondly, like when you're not in any more real danger. Yep. You know, like yep. if someone breaks into your house, you've got the gun, they're starting running. Mm-hmm. You'll get gunning them down. You will get prosecuted. I know in Illinois you will for sure. Oh, yeah. They can break into your house. If they, in Illinois, if somebody breaks into my house and I've got a speed safe right by my bed, Mm -hmm. it's all locked up. Kids are, you know, kids know how to operate these guns, but they're all locked up. I hit the code, pops out, I pull the weapon, I shoot the guy that broke into my house. I'm not going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Unless he's running out of the house and I shoot him in the back. Then I'm going to get in trouble. That's right. So they're running away. It's exactly what you're saying, Jimmy. We're not. You're not in danger. So why are you? Yeah, danger why? is now. Yeah, it's over. Right. It's over. It's done. It's been ex- extinguished. There's no need then to take to. Well, well, in that case, like you're saying, shooting in the back, taking their life, possibly, right. or even just somebody, you know, somebody pushing you. Yeah, you're, you're yes. not in danger. Yeah, you're not yet. in danger. Right. You're like, so like if, if, so you're, if you're in a away. fight at the at a bar, you know, that's not the time to you pull walk out. away. Take your wife. Or Steve and walk away. <laughs> uh, there's you don't you, you we as Christians we should be about nonviolence and de-escalation mm-hmm. unless we have to protect. Yeah. Unless it's required of us, it's a last resort. Then we've got to be willing to step into it. So I think that's really good, man. If you're not in danger, um, no need for violence. And uh, if I and then yeah, revenge, not not a good motive. So you guys have been asking. Um, those are our basic thoughts mm-hmm. on it. We're going to give you guys some resources to read, some classic resources and some modern ones, um, uh, even, a, even a podcast recommendation here in the show notes. So check that stuff out and um, let us know what you think, right? Yeah, man. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast or you can hit up the store, grab yourself some merchandise or register for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Hey, going back to that merchandise. Yep. If they were going to get something... What would you recommend that they get from our store? Right now? Uh, what's hot? What's hot? The what's Reformation hot? 500 and oh, T. Yeah, that's that's hot. what's hot. Man, it's good. It's great. We're shipping them. It's Take on that em. black heather, isn't it? Yes. That, yeah. Yes, I, I believe that's the terminology. Yeah. Oh, it's I, I, I just look at pictures. Yeah. It's going to be good, guys. Get it's going to be good. Get on it. 
Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Make sure you sign up for our email list so you can get those uh, videos later. Don't shoot anyone, Joe. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Thank <laughs> you.